Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. They are Sports Illustrated. It's amazing. This incredible body of work. I really appreciate the integrity. Everything you do is well done. You guys do a great job. Uh, we love it. What can we say? He's Chris Maddox. He's employed by Sports Illustrated. The announcer's got it in for me. There you go. This is the Crossover NBA Podcast. You have a problem with it? Build a team that can beat them. Hosted by the one and only. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Chris Mannix. All right, Mark Stein is here. New York Times, out here in Las Vegas, covering USA basketball. Follow Mark on Twitter. Check out his newsletter every Tuesday up on the New York Times website. How do you like working over at the Times, Mark? It's great, man. I still kind of don't believe it sometimes. And I'm... An old newspaper geek, so I'm probably in the minority on this, but I I get most excited seeing it in the print edition, mm-hmm. which you don't hear many people say in 2019. But I uh, I get a jolt every time I kind of see see the byline in there. Still, people I people forget that too because I started out at the Globe uh, when I was in college doing high school sports, and I remember going to the 7-Eleven down the street from me, like 4 a.m., like waiting for that first edition to come out so I could see a four paragraph high school golf story that I might have and I use story air quotes here because it's just basically stenography at that point but like the, the sight of it in a newspaper still you know it's why? the same thing with a magazine now too because like, we're still, old that's yeah, why I, I think that's true I think that's true but it is still but I'm sure when you went you left SI and you went back the first time you saw yourself in the physical SI mm-hmm. it, there's just there's still a thing for people of our generation. I think my first time I went back. Oh, wait a minute, wait, wait. Actually, that reminds me. I saw you on a list. You're you're younger than forty. Under forty, yes. Is that true? It's true. Not. I'm I'm right there on the cusp. So I'm way older than you, man. <laughs> I'm, right, I'm way older. I'm than right you. there on the. You're cu- not in my generation. I take that back. Either either way, I, I would say when I got back to SI, one of the things I thought about doing was changing my byline to my full name. I thought Christopher Mannix would be a better writer's name. 
Nah, but everybody knows he was Chris <laughs> Maddox know. by now. But it's like, you know, John Wertheim, right? He goes by L. John Wertheim in the magazine. Yeah, I've never like, asked him, what, what is the L? What's the good L question. for? I think I know this, but I don't. I don't want to get it wrong. Like, I, I, I don't know. But nobody calls him L. John. Like, I'm going to start. <laughs> walk right up Next to time him. Next time I see him at the U.S. Open in a couple of weeks, I'm <laughs> exactly. going to... Exactly. Every I'm tennis gonna, event, you'll see him right there. Uh, well, Mark Stein's here. We're, again, we're in Las Vegas, uh, site of the USA Basketball minicamp. And I guess let's start there because an interesting time for USA Basketball. It feels oddly familiar, say like late 90s, early 2000s, when the team was still considered powerful, but the top tier guys decided they didn't want to play uh, for USA Basketball. And that's what we have here. For differing reasons, guys have dropped out of the team. There are still tremendously talented guys over there. A uh, few all-stars, at least. You see Kemba Walker working out with that team, all NBA point guard. But the LeBrons, the top tier guys just deciding not to play this year. What do you make of of what USA Basketball is looking like uh, this year? This is a jolt to their system. This is the weakest team of the Jerry Colangelo area, era, and it's not close. And uh, now, to me, people are premature if they really start talking. It's a crisis. It's not a, it doesn't become a crisis until the top guys say they don't want to play in the Olympics. And the reality is we've seen 10 guys pull out on top of the 10 top names who were never going to come here in the first place. We've heard a zillion justifications, but at its core, what, what it is in this part of the world, in North America, and we're seeing with Canada too. Canada, I think, had 17 NBA names on their preliminary roster. They're down to five. In our part of the world, in North America, the FIBA World Cup does not resonate. It is not important to NBA players. It is not important to NBA fans. And to sell guys on a six-week commitment to give up six weeks of your summer when it goes almost to the edge of training camp. It ends the final September 15th. Training camp's like September 29th or 30th is media day. Guys don't want to make that sacrifice. Now, if we see the top guys don't want to play in the Olympics, now we got it. Now USA basketball has a serious, serious problem. We're not there yet. I think next summer for Tokyo, all the big games, maybe even LeBron, will want to play. But this team is way weaker than they thought much much we i mean kemba walker he's the only all nba guy here and if lowry doesn't play they've got two all-stars chris middleton and kemba and that's it and i was with the team in spain in 2014 and i remember in, in 2014 people were talking like that was a c team not even a b team that team had anthony davis james harden kyrie irving and a young steph and clay before they were steph and clay but still steph was an all-star that team was miles ahead of this group. How much do you think it has to do with the cycle itself? Because there were a lot of guys that wanted to be part of the Redeem team and wanted to rebuild what had crumbled in the early 2000s USA basketball. I don't know that, that there are a lot of guys that are as psyched about maintaining what they have there. I think there is something to that, but I, I still say if, th if, this, if we were doing this in before the 2020 games, we'd be talking about what a stacked team they have. Guys still want to go to the Olympics. And next summer, they will, they, I, I'm, it will be a star-studded group. Hmm. It's this, guys are looking at it and saying, I think deep down what they're really looking at it and saying is, if, even if I play this, am I going to make the Olympic team? And I think deep down they know the answer is no. Kemba Walker, as the face of this team, if he plays well, I think 
that has to factor into the Olympics. Next summer, when they're picking the Olympic team, they're going to have to step back and say, Kemba Walker really gave us a lot here. We need him. But it's only going to be one or two guys like that. I think CJ McCollum just said it this week that if he knew he was going to the Olympics, he would if he if playing this summer would have guaranteed him an Olympic spot, he would have done it. But he knew it's not going to guarantee you an Olympic spot. We have too many good guys who are going to want to come back next summer. So I think that's that's the bigger issue. My favorite uh, excuse, if you want to call it that, is preparing for next season. I lo- especially the select guys. The guy, we're here for just like the week. You, you can't come out for a week. That's going to interrupt your preparation for next and season. And the thing is, if you really study the history of this thing, guys almost always play better after this. It's, I mean, Kevin Love had the best season of his career after a Team USA stint. It's just, it it usually gets you off to a great start in the season. So um, I am, I didn't think the team was going to be this week. I am surprised. Do you look at this team as being vulnerable when they get to the FIBA World Championship? Well, that's the flip side of the thing. We can talk about it is, it is the, Jerry Colangelo will have never presided over a weaker roster, but that's the, you're only as vulnerable really as the competition. And when you, and when you look at the field, the reality is outside of Serbia, I just don't think there's anybody that can beat even this group of U.S. players. Spain is a much older team than they used to be. They've lost some guys. France is still adjusting to life without Tony Parker and Boris Dio. Australia and Canada, yes, if all their NBA names showed up, they do have the potential to just give us some trouble. But those those teams don't have a, a great pedigree in, in international basketball, and they're not at full strength. Ben Simmons is not playing for Australia. Canada just, just lost Jamal Murray, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I mean, they, they, most of their NBA guys are not playing. So when you look at the field, 32 teams, it's way too many teams as it is, who out there can beat the United States? And the reality is Serbia, to me, is the only one. What the crazy, what, what's crazy in international basketball, even though – Every year in the NBA, there's 100 foreign players or thereabouts. The gap has actually widened. Spain gave the U.S. an almighty scare in 08 and an almighty scare in 12 in the, in the Olympic final. That gap has not been closed. It's widened. Nobody has found a way to, to, to close the gap. So. It's, it's a great point because you can throw Argentina in that mix as well as teams that you know, whatever the NBA influence was, you had a generation of players that became stars, but then the generation after didn't, you know, and the Spanish team, when it's at full strength, a lot of older, older guys, same thing with, I don't even know who's playing for Argentina anymore. It's one of my, it's to me, I, I, I'm with you. I think it is one of, it is a fascinating story to me. And I, I love international basketball. I mean, I think, you know, soccer and tennis are my two other favorite sports. I'm a, I'm a lover of international sports, so I've always loved covering the FIBA game and the international game. And I've, I've asked journalists from those countries, how did that Argentina team that beat, that won a gold medal, where is this next generation of little Manu Ginobili's? How did kids, I understand, believe me, I understand. In, in Argentina, soccer is up here where Taco Fall is and, and you know, basketball's way down here. But still, like, how, how does a country with the great players they have not inspire someone? And, and that's thing. Argentina has very little coming through the pipeline. And Spain, the same thing. Spain almost beat the U.S. twice. They had the U.S. freaked out in 08 and 12. And they're not coming through with a great new generation. And it, it's, it's, I know those are soccer nations, but it's stunning. When you ask 
you know, whether it's other journalists, whoever that, what kind of answers? No, do I you don't, get? I, I, no, I don't get a good one. I, I've yet to hear a great one. I mean, it's probably, you know, one of us should probably go down there and try to figure it out. Cause it, it, um, I did ask, I think I asked Scola once and even he didn't have an answer. I said, dude, you're, you're 40. You're still playing like what your what that O2 team did is just O2 and O4. What they did was insane. And even I remember I asked him, even he he had no great explanation for it. Mm, so someone someone smarter than me is gonna have to figure it out. It's crazy because in America, you know, Jordan begets Kobe, begets LeBron. I mean, everybody grows up idolizing the players of their generation and that, you know, leads them to to take their game to another level. It just doesn't seem to have happened that in those two and others as well. I think you're hundred percent right. The gap has widened, which makes the USA still I mean again, we like if you talk to anyone who follows the international game, they will speak about Serbia in reverential mm -hmm. tones. So, oh my, Serbia, Jokic, Guduric, Boban, Teodosic, oh my God, they are stacked. Um, in 2014, the US beat Serbia in the final by 37. And in 2016, it was by 30. Mm -hmm. So as now Jokic is obviously a different beast now than he was even in Rio. And in Rio, he was a handful, but can peak Jokic close a gap of, of that much? Now, again, also now this team is much weaker too. So can all these factors combine? Can this weak U.S. roster, the new Jokic, the, like the pieces they've got around him? I mean, again, I, I respect Serbia a lot and think they're going to be dangerous, but it is a big gulf to close. Mm -hmm. One guy that's not here for the U.S. team is Carmelo Anthony, who is arguably the greatest you know, USA basketball player ever, given all his accomplishments, his medals, and whatnot. Does that surprise you? I know there were some conversations between Melo's camp and the USA team about, you know, potentially playing, but given where Melo is with his career, does it surprise you it not to see him? It really doesn't surprise me. I mean, I, you know, Melo had an amazing international career, and I think he's going to look back on it really grateful because, you know, his international career is where most of his pro success lies. So it, it, but you know, he made, he made it clear he was retired, that Rio was the end and he was retiring. And I, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, I, you know, I, I would have been, I think it would have been a bigger shock if Carmelo just out of this period of inactivity and then pop calls him in. I mean, that would have been, that would have been, I mean, we would have loved to seen it. It mm. would have, would have been some great theater, but I, I never really took that one seriously. Mm, yeah. Um, on Carmelo, what do you think his future is in the NBA? Is I, I know I, when I talk to teams, I don't get any interest in Carmelo None. Anthony, and no, I, I hold out the question of, let's say hypothetically, there's a Chris Paul trade with Miami, and they have roster spots. I could see Miami rolling the dice in in some circumstance because they're just that's just their mindset. Like if there's somebody with basketball talent, we can extract something out of that. But other than that, that specific circumstance, I just don't see it. I don't see any interest in Carmelo. It's sad. It, to me, it really, it saddens me. I, I, I don't know what your experiences are with Carmelo, but I've always liked Excellent. dealing with him. I feel like he's been an upfront dude, an honest guy, uh, a pretty open book. And, you know, I think, you know, I'm certainly not the only one to say this. He, he gets a lot of credit for the way that when he was with the Knicks and they were unraveling, he stood up there and, and you know, took the questions every day and, uh, I've always found him to be a very real and honest guy, and I it's sad to me the way he's been hounded out of the league. Now, some of it is is on him. He hasn't adjusted. But, you know, I did a story last year. I grew up as a Buffalo Braves fan, so 
Bob McAdoo for me was, you know, he, he was, he was as good as it got when I was a kid. And last year when Carmelo went to the Rockets, I reached out to Bob McAdoo to ask him, you know, you did this, you went to the Lakers, you took that six man role, you, you gave Carmelo the blueprint. And in talking to Bob McAdoo all these years later, Bob McAdoo still doesn't love the idea that he had to go on the bench. Like, and you just, it just kind of gave me a window into like these great players, these great scorers. It's easy for us on the outside to say, just, just scale your game back and change. But like, it's not that easy when you are that guy. Like it's, it, they have a certain mentality that, you know, mortals like us don't understand. So it was really interesting like I thought Bob McAdoo would say, yeah, I went to the Laker bench and I won my ring and it changed my legacy and Carmelo, you should do the same. He, was, he, he didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, he kind of sympathized with Carmelo's plight. So, uh, you know, some of it is on Carmelo. I don't know if he's ever going to be ready to really accept the, the only kind of role that would be there for him now. But I hope we haven't seen the last one, but I, I kind of agree with the way you laid it out. I, I, I just don't see it right now. I can't even give you the hypothetical and even if his mindset has changed i think it has and i think it changed to a degree in houston he just doesn't bring what you need in a seventh eighth or ninth man it's why at the end of his oklahoma city run jeremy grant was out there on the floor because in that role you want a guy that runs the floor a guy that defends a guy that rebounds a little bit carmelo is still a, a volume scorer yep, and the you don't way need he that scores is not coveted no. it's just not from bbc radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. I'd right, talk about a couple of way too early uh, NBA topics, specifically Toronto, which 
I still don't know what the Raptors are going to look like next season. I had a chance to talk to Kyle Lowry a little bit out here. Another guy that's pretty dedicated to USA basketball. He's got a gold medal of his own. He's hurt, but he's part of this camp. And Kyle told me he wanted to be in Toronto long term, but it may not be his decision. They've got multiple guys now on the last year, their contracts, big salaries there. If we're being honest, not a real contender anymore with Kawhi out of the mix. Uh, what do you look at, at Toronto's options for this team over the next couple of months? Well, I think we've all kind of been waiting for, and there's been kind of an assumption in media circles that Masai Ujiri would really love to just start over and build something long-term, truly in his image. Now, they just won a championship. So I think they're going to go into the season with what they have and just kind of feel it out and see how things go. And also, I think Masai has this reputation of being this huge wheeler dealer. He's, at least to me, he, I think he's actually more methodical than his reputation suggests. So I think it would be in his nature to let's see how things play out. Take, take our time. Let's, you know, maybe, maybe this team without Kawhi is better than they think. And it makes sense to extend Kyle Lowry. But I think if you polled other teams, if you polled executives, they would tell you they don't expect Lowry to be there in the long term and that they would expect that Masai is ultimately going to deconstruct this thing. Obviously, you're going to keep Siakam, but uh, I, I think it's more likely than not that that change is in the air there. A lot of that with Lowry comes down to Fred Van Vliet, right? Like he's the point guard of the future. And I don't know if you want to invest real money in those guys. Now, I look at Toronto, Mark, that they're they're not in a great position because a great position would be having Kawhi back and running that whole thing back. But for where they are with their books and with the core guys they do have, Siakam specifically and, and Van Vliet, it's not a bad rebuilding position. Like a lot of that money is going to come off the books next year, whether it's Gasol, Lowry, Ibaka. They'll have clean books going into the summer of 2020. They're not going to attract free agents right away, but it's not like they're in, say, like the Washington Wizards position where they're strapped with bad contracts they're going to be able to kind of start from the ground up in a in a decent spot i think and that's that's got to be somewhat appealing well to it's side. interesting kyle said it in your piece i think i mean we've never seen this mm-hmm. we've never seen a situation where you know first of all the dice roll trade they make to get Kawhi, and then Kawhi delivers the championship and then he leaves and so it's all kind of uncharted waters and it does it does give Masai the ability to again approach this in a patient manner he doesn't have to rush out and make a you know you would i'm a little bit skeptical on that all of canada is just going to be fine with Kawhi and thank you for our championship and we don't miss you you know i want i want to see that before i believe it but i do think the pressure on Masai has been you know he can take a step back and say look we just won a championship i need to take a long view here and figure out the best thing to do so i don't know that we're going to get the answers quick but it's 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 such a crazy scenario there and their the fan base there is so great that adds another wrinkle to it too because obviously the people there just love that team so much and their fan base is huge so it's a whole country it's not just a city so there's a lot of interesting variables i i uh i i hope i get to make make multiple visits there to kind of check in and see what this post Kawhi season is like I could see them doing a few different things I could see them you know shredding the thing before the season opens but they're also not going to take on big contracts back in return all those guys are expiring so I could see them playing this whole thing out and 
starting from scratch next year. A lot of things, and I think they're still figuring it out. I don't think they're, I don't think they're, I think they had an idea of which way they wanted to go if Kawhi left, but I, I don't think they're totally locked in on a plan just yet. Yeah. That's that's my read in that situation. No, they don't have to rush. That's no. the nice thing. They don't have to rush. No, no question. All right, let's talk for a minute about Portland. Uh, I'm not sure what you thought about where the Blazers were a year ago, but I looked at that team at the end of last season. Uh, or season before last, and said, all right, maybe they reached the end of their run. Maybe C.J. McCollum would get traded. Maybe Neil O'Shea would break up that team because he thought it had kind of plateaued. Fast forward a year, and you've got a team that went to the conference finals, and you have a team that is now all in on its backcourt. You know, extensions that'll take Damian Lillard and McCollum into the mid-2020s, ensuring effectively because of those salaries that they'll probably be part of the team uh, for that long. What do you make of... Portland's decision to kind of go all in on its backcourt. I was one of those guys too. I thought that they would ultimately have to break them up and not as a slight to Lillard or CJ because they're fantastic together and two of my favorite players to watch, especially McCollum. I love watching him play. I just thought to get the roster balance they needed that they would have to break it up and um, they obviously disagree and look, those guys are so good together and they want to be there too. So I understand why you invest in it. But I, I, I think we still have the same questions about that team. I mean, they, they brought in Whiteside, but Nurkic is coming back from an injury. We don't know how good Whiteside's going to be. We don't know how Nurkic is going to recover. I still think there are, uh, there are questions about really how good is this Portland team in a crazy good West too. So I, I I understand it, but I'm I'm certainly not sold. Yeah, I, I'm. It's it's a bold move by Neil O'Shea. The amount of money he's committing to those two guys, but I, look, it's it's just as easy to envision Portland losing in the first round next year as it is seeing them go back. Yeah, in this West for sure. Yeah, one thing I, I do think factored in is that when I talk to a few teams, not specifically Portland, the fall of the Warriors has kind of emboldened people. There's a belief, and you know, we talk about parity all the time that this is a year where it's anybody's game that that if you put together something that closely resembles a championship team uh you can win a championship with this group do you think that's a a factor maybe not just with portland but across the league do you get the sense that yeah, no question i think it's opened up in a way that it hasn't been open since you know probably after the demise of miami and i think that's also factored in at least what players are saying it's factored into why we haven't seen as many guys at this USAB camp in Vegas that guys they want to prepare for the season because they think they're going to have a long playoff run um I think that's somewhat optimistic in some cases but yeah I mean that and it's funny it's going to be interesting I personally I'm a I'm someone who enjoys when we're going to be surprised that we don't know that there isn't an overwhelming favorite I think history actually tells us that it's better that that the public likes it better when there is this overwhelming favorite of Bulls or a Warriors for everybody to shoot at. But this year, like you know, Vegas has the Clippers and the Lakers at the top of the pile. I, I'm not sure that I'm ready to put the Clippers or the Lakers at the top of the pile. I don't know who. I still don't know who. I'm glad I don't have to turn in my picks for next season today because I don't know who I would pick. Yeah, it's hard to look at the Clippers and the Lakers having not played a single game together over the last, you know, with this new group as, as favorites there. But I do think there are teams out there really believe. And I'm with you on parity and and it being good for the league. The The ratings might take a bit of a hit because I think 
you know, the boogeyman out there does attract fans, whether it's Miami or Golden State. But I think Adam Silver is willing to take that hit because I think he wants NFL-style parity. He wants the playoffs to begin with seven, eight teams looking possible as championship teams. I think he does, but I also think this summer after what happened with like that owners meeting and how shaken everybody is by all this player movement. Like I think it's an uneasy time in the league office right now because I mean, we saw so many superstars move. And so I, I think that's, that's, that's one of the elements why the, you know, the league, you know, how concerned is the league about the whole tampering issue? I mean, this summer it worked out well, but you can't make judgments based on what happens in one summer. Hiring is a challenge. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash Mannix. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash Mannix. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Mannix. ZipRecruiter.com slash Maddox. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Is there a solution to all that? The the tamp- I mean, I don't, uh, other than doing like what the Rockets suggested a year ago and totally revamping I, the I'm system. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't like that moving free agency before the draft. <laughs> I don't know why that one is, holds such appeal. Why don't you like it? Because uh, I'm a traditionalist and I hate change and like, it just doesn't make, <laughs> it doesn't, reason. it doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't make sense to me to do the draft after free agency. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, I I just don't know that there's an obvious solution for any of it. Like, you're still going to have guys talking, teams talking. It's just going to be the way uh, that it is. I I mentioned kind of the Warriors and their sort of demise, so to speak. But have we seen the Warriors' demise at this point? (laughs) I mean, they could miss the playoffs in the West. So, I mean, on a one-year basis, it's not going to be great. Um but yeah, I still think they're going to be back. And you know, I took a lot of heat. I went on on your buddy Dan Patrick's show and said that ultimately they're going to trade D'Angelo Russell. And I've angered a zillion D'Angelo Russell fans. By they saying, actually don't. Be- like, I believe you. I think D'Angelo Russell could wind up in Minnesota at some point. Like, yeah, like where he, and I'm not where saying, they thought he was going. I'm not saying they're going to trade him this year. Like right. that doesn't make sense. But like they're going to keep him. I think they're going to keep him for this year. But for the long term, to me, he just doesn't fit. I just don't think he's a fit there. And I think ultimately they will trade him. But look, they've got their core three guys back. Clay's going to come back. I think he'll come back. You got Steph, you got Draymond, whatever they do ultimately with Russell to change it. So, no, I mean, we're, you know, they're going to be gone for a year. But I, I, you know, that's all I, that's as far as I'll go. This is, it's, it's off topic, but I, I, I don't really know what Russell was thinking. Like, what is his. He's got to know, and his agent's got to know, that it could be exactly how you described it, a one-year. Well, I think, and, but Minnesota, like, wined and dined him. Like, they were Oh, no, that all, and, and Minnesota his boy, was his Towns, top, like, Minnesota was his top choice, right. but I think Minnesota would have had to trade three or four guys to make a max deal happen, mm-hmm. and that just wasn't easy. Golden State's got the max for you right now, so I, you know, 
I think. But they believe they had deals in place to get that done. I mean, like they, maybe they maybe they believe it, but believing it and executing it that yeah. was that was Minnesota had a lot of moves to execute, which mm-hmm. would not have been easy. So, to me, um, I think he did the smart thing. He took the max deal that was there, jumped on it, made his move, and and did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Let me finish here, Mark, with the obligatory Lakers question, <laughs> which has to come up at all times because I was talking to some of the LA based people that are out here about. The teams that, you know, they're in L.A. you got to cover the Clippers and the Lakers. And everybody's like the Lakers. Of course you are. Lakers are the more interesting team by a mile. At least you get to the playoffs when supposedly the Clippers will make a move. But what do you look at as reasonable expectations for this Lakers team? Well, there's throw out the word reasonable. There's no reasonable <laughs> when you got LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis. Or Lakers Twitter, by the way. That's another I'm, collection of people. I'm not – like, I think Cousins is actually going to be decent there and help them. I think um, – I'm a fan of his, and I think, I think he has something to offer them. So I think he's going to be quite good for them. But you know, the the overall roster, I'm I'm not sold, and I want to see how things work with Vogel. Uh, I know you're a Vogel fan. I am. Um, but I agree the dynamic is just bizarre. Where you know it could be day, you know game five when you start reading the story about Jason Kidd and his relationship with the players. I mean, everybody says that. I mean, look here, LeBron's going to come off a six or seven month break, and we've we've never seen that either. So he could show up really, really, and just just be revitalized and be ready to lead this team. And theoretically, he and Anthony Davis should be as good a match as we've ever seen mm-hmm. for LeBron in terms of you were just going to drop a player who meshes with him. So um, I don't want to underestimate them, but I, I do think they have a lot of questions to answer. I mean, are they gonna, they're going to win somewhere in the fifties. Uh, but God, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not sure yet. Did it surprise you that there was almost no market for DeMarcus Cousins after last season? It when he got hurt the second time, no. Once he once he did the calf injury and was a game two of the Clippers series, once that happened, it didn't surprise me. But, you know, I saw it with him in 2014 playing on, on Team USA, and I thought we saw it in stretches with the Warriors in the brief times he was healthy. When, when he's surrounded by really good players, it brings something special out of him. And like I said, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be effective for them. Well, he's the biggest wild card. I mean, if he's not going to start, how does he take to coming off the bench? How does he take with that role? Um, is he? Is it become about him all season long since he knows he's going to be looking for another contract? But on the contract stuff, once you get into that minimum range, it's hard to, to get out of it. You know, once you become kind of a... Yeah, no, I mean, he's got to have a big bounce back year, and he a lot's riding on it for him, but... That's things I just I, I tend to think he's going to surprise people. Mm. All right. Lastly, uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, everyone kind of assumes Davis Laker for life at this point, largely because of you know the connections that L.A. through Rich Paul the last year or so. But yeah, he's in Chicago recently, having his camp there, and maybe it's an obligatory answer when somebody asks him about playing in Chicago. But kind of left the door open for playing in Chicago. I mean, how is it just talk? Do you think that there's a chance that AD could play somewhere else? Or do you think that's a, a legitimate thing to be discussing at some point? I've, I've believed that once he got to the Lakers, that's where he's going to be. So I think we probably should have a never say never and keep our minds open. Cause it's the NBA and this league is a circus, but man, I, if he, if, 
if after everything the Lakers gave up to get him and they can't keep him, I mean, that would just – I mean, when we, when we say the same thing about the Clippers. I mean, mm-hmm. after what they gave up to get Kawhi and Paul George, if they only have those guys for a couple years, that's – I mean, that is a crusher mm-hmm. for either of those franchises. So I'm going to – I mean – I find it hard to believe that Anthony Davis doesn't stay with the Lakers, but and I guess that puts even more pressure to be functional and not look like the gang that can't shoot straight all season long to make it impossible for him to say, "All right, you know what, man? I'm this is just too much for me." I, whether it's Chicago or somewhere else, like I don't want to be part of the circus. I just want to play basketball, which I, I don't think it's likely. But I think it's in the realm of possibility. I think though, AD tends to be polite in those situations when he gets asked about, "Would you consider this?" And mm-hmm. he tends to, you know, like I remember even during the the trade demand when clearly he wanted to go to the Lakers, he wanted to go to the Knicks, and didn't at some point it, it wasn't at All Star. He said, "I'll, I'm, you know, all thirty teams yeah. are on my list." Yeah. So, including New Orleans, <laughs> so he's that's out of. I think he'll, I think he'll say just about anything. Yeah, you're right. Been another interesting subplot to watch, though, and I'm sure it'll be written about a lot uh, next year. Uh, Mark Stein, New York Times. Follow him on Twitter. Check out his newsletter every single week. Mark. Thanks for joining, man. Enjoy the rest of the week in the hundred and was it five today? Four? We cooling down? One one ten. When I first got it was one eleven at like three PM on Sunday. So that's whatever it is, it's forty degrees hotter than than I like it. (laughs) Appreciate your time, Mark. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you looking for the perfect move-in-ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below-market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in-ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.